And now, the starting lineup for your daily dribble. He goes fat lamb harder in the paint each and every week. Go ahead and give it up for Liam Hancock. He's got a 98% laugh rate. Easily the most humble member of this lineup. And he's not too bad on the eye either. It's Ro Hancock. And as always, he calls the shots and he hits the shots. A man affectionately referred to as Diesel, your host, Nick Zamet. What is up, guys? This is Liam coming at you with the intro here. Um, I'm here with my two my two boys. Introduce yourself. Absolutely. Uh, well, <laughs> something a bit different. Kind of thrown off now. Um, <laughs> you told me to do no, it. Don't, don't say you're thrown off. No, don't don't lie now. What a shock. Um, yeah, Nick here as well. Yeah, and Ro here also. How are we going? Pretty That's good. good. That's funky to mix it up, wasn't yeah, it? I liked it. Uh, quickly, just shush for a second. Couple house housekeeping <laughs> things. Um, five stars <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check our Instagram, our Facebook our YouTube, and also our TikTok. We're pretty much on every platform barring LinkedIn at the moment, so... Pretty, maybe um, that could be the next venture. That, that's the next Also one. about 70 or 75 likes on Facebook away from 500, so if you haven't given us a like on that... I reckon at 500 up. we might might think to, you know, give something away perhaps. Give a little so, giveaway, yeah, yeah, that could be exciting. Mm, mm. Yeah, I like it. Something Good to look forward to. Duff. Lee, how'd that feel? Do you enjoy being in the hot seat? The well, you've just sprung it on me, but it, it, it feels a bit odd. But it's nice. Excellent. No, good, good, good. We've um, we've got some other stuff in store today. I'll take this one, Nick. Yeah, Thank good. you. Here we I'm, go. I'm the host for this episode. Um, so I'm sure we've all seen the Last Dance, all our basketball fans. So we're gonna do a bit of a review and a recap and um, share our thoughts on that. And, of course, followed by some Entertainment Weekly with um, some odds and ends at the start, which I forgot about. So, who wants to kick us off? I'll kick us off, yeah. Here you go. Let's do it. So, odds and ends. Um, during the week, sources came out via ESPN saying that Utah star Bojan Bogdanovic has undergone, or is undergoing, should I say, season-ending surgery on his right wrist. Gee, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, so it's mm. a pretty big blow, given that the season's still in, up in the air, whether it will... Um, in what form it'll continue, but that serves as a pretty uh, pretty big blow to the Jazz. Does certainly because he was he's quite an integral part to that team um, going forward. Particularly if they want to make a deep run into playoffs, they want to be at full strength, and he's just that's a massive hit if he's going to be out for the season. And do you feel like I guess the question is on the offensive end now? You take him out of it, is I guess it's Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, um, that kind of, I guess, core two with mm. Joe Ingles. Um, like, is there enough firepower now without Well, this is the thing. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich took the pressure off those guys a bit um, from an offensive end, certainly. Um, so I guess there's going to be even more pressure on, on particularly Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to fire on the offensive end. But we know Joe Ingles can can step up when he needs to, so he's going to be another pretty important piece for them. I feel like if you look at where they're at at the minute, they're currently fourth, so they'd face a matchup at the minute against OKC, home mm. court advantage, if things ended as they currently stand. I'd be 
tipping OKC yeah, in this. Yeah, I would too. Jeez, um, at the moment, yeah. Mate. It would have been a 50-50 before knowing this with Bogdanovich, but knowing that he will be out, I would give OKC the edge on this one. Particularly given that the Jazz are also having a few chemistry issues with obviously the little bit of a spat between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, don't know if they're actually over that yet. So, um, yeah, that'd be, an, that'd be a really interesting series. Yeah. I didn't actually know. I'm looking at this now. He's he's averaged 20.2 points a game this season, yeah. and that's a he's a crucial part um, of the Jazz and a couple of the big buzzer beaters he's had. That one, probably most notably, that comes to mind against the Rockets. Yeah. Um. Yep. He is such a huge <clears throat> part. So yeah. Yeah. Jingles would have to step up though. Um. If he was to go, definitely he'd have to take his role. Almost, I'd say. Hmm. Saw throughout the week, and Lee's not going to be overly happy at this this oh, news. Um, the Nets have discussed ways that they could acquire uh, Bradley yeah. Beal, um, looking to make a move on him um, as soon as possible, I guess. And um, there were a few trade options, ch- you know, chucked up there. Um, one of which was um, putting Spencer Dinwiddie in that trade to send to Washington, which would be sort of a like-for-like trade. They're both quite good scorers. Obviously, Bradley Beal's on another level, but I think if Spencer Dinwiddie could be part of that trade, I think they could make it happen. Packaged with maybe a Jared Allen, like a nice Something young like piece. That, yeah. Because centre stocks in Washington are pretty slim. Got Rui. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's up and up and coming. Need like a bit to more play him a... as a second. Oh, be nice yeah. to have a senior, a bit more of a senior head up there, I guess. Even though Jared yeah. Allen's not that old, but he's still had a few years in the in the system now. And when John Wall comes back, that'd be a big, big three though with Bill Irving and Durant. I tell you it? how big it is, Nick. How big? With KD, Kyrie, and Bill, that would take up eighty-eight percent of their full salary cap. Christ. <laughs> that's <laughs> so you've got to fill another twelve spots with twelve percent. That's right. That's outrageous. That's why I'm sort of thinking at the moment, even though they're discussed ways, and I'm sure they'd love Bradley Beal, that could be that could be something that prevents it from happening. When you've got 88% of your cap spent on three players, it's it's not uh you know it's not a surefire thing to happen. And the issue is you'd pretty much have to give most guys minimum contracts. Yeah. You can find yeah. a few gems in this, but more often than not, it's going to be lesser level players. You've got a big three. You say if one of them, and you know, KD's coming off a huge injury. Kyrie's, you know, notoriously injured. Bill's had his, I guess, injury troubles. One or two of them go down, and it's, it's game you, over. It's season over. You're playing yeah. with, you know, a star player and a bunch of minimum contracts. So I think it'd be best for probably both teams. And I still want to see how Washington go with Wall and Bill. Um, yeah. And that'll help yeah. experience wise, help Hachimura develop. Um, I've, the big piece for Washington, I think, is making sure they re-sign Bertans. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's a big one. So, and in turn, I want to see how Nets go with um, Duran and Kyrie together. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we haven't even seen that yet. No. And also, I was, I was looking at something today. John Wall's been out since 2018, I'm pretty sure it said. That yeah. is ages. Mm. It's, um, Seems like it, an eternity. It, yeah. And it's just so horrible for the Wizards that he's on one of the largest contracts in the league and he hasn't played in about 18 months or so. Mm, yeah. Um, I've, yeah, we've spoken a bit about him, but I think he's one of the big 
kind of questions coming into next season. Yeah. The Wizards and John Wall specifically, how he re into re uh, I guess reestablishes himself might be the word yeah. now yeah. as a number two. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Watch this space on that one. Definitely. Um, it's come out just recently in a little bit of I guess somber news. Uh, Nick's legend Patrick Ewing has tested positive for the coronavirus. Oh, really? Jeez. Um, he's currently under care and in isolation at hospital, but um, yeah. Jeez, that's I only sad. just found this one out recently, but yes. Yeah, so Hopefully he's okay. He was a legend of the game. And it's kind of hard because at the minute here where we are in Tasmania and I guess Australia, we're kind of really starting to flatten the curve. Mm. Um and we kind of, I guess, forget at times that it is still running pretty rampant, especially well, the, yeah. in the States. The annoying thing is Donald Trump thinks the curve is getting flattened because he's opening heaps of stuff up over there and they're not ready for it. I don't want to be a coronavirus podcast, but what's he doing? You wouldn't know. It's um, incredible that that bloke got into power, it the is. most powerful yeah, man in the world. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, to keep going with the, I guess, sad news... Um, I think it was the, just this morning. Um, former Utah Jazz coach um, Jerry Sloan has died at the age of um, seventy-eight due to uh, he was he was sort of fighting a battle with Parkinson's yeah. um, disease, and in the end, it um, got the best of him, which is uh, really sad news from uh, an NBA fan's perspective. That the whole community, um, I guess, has some sort of idea of just how big of an impact he had throughout his not only playing career but more importantly probably his coaching, coaching. career yeah um he's been in the nba system as a player slash coach um from 1965 to 2011 it's a fair Incredible. stretch of fair stretch of years and um yeah that's a that's a big loss very yeah. big loss yeah absolutely um i guess i'll Kind of try and lift the mood a little bit with. Uh, mm. It's kind of come out that we we've spoken about how Disney World and Las Vegas are the two, I guess, possible locations for the season to resume. Um, it's now come out that Disney World has is well and truly the clear option as opposed to Vegas. So um, they've nutted this out. Hopefully, it's an indication that they're looking to get things in place and hopefully get some ball back soon. Mm, absolutely. Um, we're touching on Spencer Dinwiddie as being a um, potential trade um, for Bradley Beal. Another bit of news which um, mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie is throughout the week he tweeted that um, he heard the season could be continuing on July the fifteenth. He's it's a it's a strange date to chuck out there. I'm sure he'd know. I'm sure he would know probably more than the average person, but he's chucked it out in response to. John Geiger, who I think's a, I think he's a designer, a shoe designer or something. Um, John Geiger originally, originally said that NBA is returning on June twenty first. Obviously, we're not going to take um, a shoe designer's no. word for it. So but that was the main source because I've heard that all over the place as well. July fifteenth. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty odd date, but it depends. If it did come from that bloody shoe designer, you can't take it for any value. But if it's coming from reputable sources and hopefully well it would be nice we've spoken about again it would be nice to have um i guess something to work with the time frame so Mm. i guess july 15th as good as anything at the moment yeah Yeah. excellent Uh, i've got one more here 
Do you, do you have any more actually, Roy? Got a few more. You got a few more. Perfect. Well, I'll rattle off my last one here. Yep, sure. Um, we're going to speak about the Bulls and MJ yeah. in length in our last dance recap, but it came out during the week that a pair of MJ's um, sneakers from his rookie season, the Jordan ones, sold during the week for a record fee for sneakers, yep. five hundred and sixty thousand. Just back pocket change. And eclipsed the previous record for sneakers by a hundred thousand dollars. So. Deary me. Pretty That's... outrageous, isn't it? I know um, our friend Tom at Heat Street. Shout out Heat Street. Uh, shout out Heat Street. Uh, getting the latest, you know, mm. I guess the kind of most exclusive kind of streetwear, shoes, etc. Um, I don't think these will be on the uh, the bucket list for him anytime soon. No. 560 grand. But when you think about it, there's some ultra rich people out there. I'm talking like multi-millionaire, billionaires. If you had that much money... You'd almost be able to justify because it's, it's a piece just, of history, it isn't is, it? It is. Um, but that's yeah for us. For us, um, mere mortals, it's yeah. not going to be uh, a reality it's anytime soon. It's not, is it? Um, saw throughout the week that Woj and Zach Lowe had reported that um, NBA teams are expecting the league office will issue guidelines around June first um, as a first step towards, uh, you know, I guess, getting uh, yes, getting the season back underway. So yeah, keep your keep your ear to the ground when June first rolls around because um, I think we'll be finding out some pretty uh, pretty important news, especially considering Woj was one of those people who broke that news. So it's it's almost guaranteed to happen. Um, and just lastly, for me, um, LeBron uh, he's he's held private workouts, inviting up to two Lakers teammates. Um, at a time, um, we obviously with the necessarily necessary safety measurements in place. So it seems like the Lakers are getting back back into gear and getting back into the swing of things to make a make a push um, for the I guess you know the finals, the finals yeah. um, once yep. the season gets back underway. So exciting as a Lakers fan, it's nice to hear that. So mm. yep. also before we end, I'm just thinking taking this off the noodle because I just remembered it but I heard that um, a Netflix movie is um, in the talks and in the works um, with Adam Sandler and LeBron James yeah, called something like Hustlers or something yeah so I what role know. was LeBron playing in that I, he was just a producer I think mm. just producing the movie but a bit of insight and knowledge when it comes to basketball knows a thing or two just, a, th- just a thing or two yeah. not too much no. but yeah no that's exciting um well, he, he has worked on, I think he worked on this year's, Not it's not a big feat, but he worked on this year's um, 2K My Career storyline. Yeah. So he has he has some, um, I don't know, producer back pocket Background, work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Do you fellas have That's all from else? me. That's all. Awesome. Should we go into our last dance recap? Yes. A lot to get through. Yeah, so I think what we're going to do, this segment's kind of going to be all over the place. We're just going to have a... A pretty general discussion um, about what we enjoyed, what we think there could have been more of, best moments, worst moments, players, coaches, just talking everything related to the last dance. Yeah. Um, so it'll probably, you know, at one stage we might be talking about episode three, then jump to seven, then back to one. But we will try and make it as clear as possible. Yeah. And to be fair, the last dance did, did jump do that as all well, over so the yeah. place as well. So I think we'll keep keep in line with that, shall we? Absolutely. Right, first question. So, what was... Just a quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, question one. Um, 
Well, what did you guys enjoy most about the series? Because uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a specific moment, but I guess like for me, it was just seeing all the behind the scenes footage. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really like a lot of stuff that is well known. Like you see, um, you know, certain things about the Dream Team training session game, yeah. things like that. But it's just seeing how we mentioned. Um, MJ and the Eastern Conference All Stars talking about Kobe, mm. um, like little things like that, really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. I guess because we weren't, um, I guess we weren't following the basketball when this was all happening. Some of us weren't even alive. Yep. Um, I wasn't. But it was good to get, yeah, a bit better insight, not in, only into the behind the scenes stuff, but just into, you know, what happened back then. I guess going through all the different um uh the different playoff series and final series that mj went through all the trials and tribulations which you didn't really have too much of an idea on before watching this um watching this series so yeah just getting a bit more of an insight into um yeah what What mj went through and how the nba was at that time because it was drastically different to how it is now, I guess. And it was a great portrayal of that, not only of Michael Jordan, but the Bulls dynasty. In saying that, I I wasn't there, but I don't believe that any any um, documentary or any book um, can make people who weren't there truly understand and like appreciate what happened. It's different living in the moment yeah, as opposed to looking back on it. It can give you a sense of appreciation of what, happened but like the experiences that the fans felt and even people watching on tv back then felt i don't think we can um have the same level of appreciation and understanding i think i guess mj was probably i guess she had ali to a certain extent but jordan was probably the truly i guess first superstar mega athlete that i guess completely transcended the game yeah. like he turned um, the sport into a global brand, yeah. just, I guess, a benchmark of sorts. And I think that's the one thing, like you see how they were treated when they went to Paris, getting off the plane. Mm. Um, you know, everywhere they went, they were rock stars, spe- yeah. specifically MJ. But it's hard to appreciate like, the kind of, how big a stars they were, I guess. Mm. Um, at the I guess the biggest thing for me at the minute, like at the minute, You'd say, I guess, arguably, LeBron James could be considered the greatest of all time, is the biggest star at the minute. But I guess the thing is, we get so much access to him via social media, via, you know, everything else that's going on. For for MJ and for stars back then, there wasn't kind of that... Media, no phone. Oh, there was phones, but there wasn't the same media coverage. Social media. Self-promote yourself in that kind of way. He and got he got to where he the status the celebrity status he got to from how he played and how he acted and it yeah. added to the kind of mystique and the legend I guess because now for as great as say LeBron and the stars are of today we feel so much closer to them mm-hmm. but then like oh Michael Jordan just to get a look at him like even with his time in baseball yeah. you know fans yeah. peering under the fence. Mm. It's outrageous, isn't it? It's like crazy. Just to even get a glimpse from you know five hundred meters away was breathtaking for some people. Here's a question for you: Take today's NBA. Which NBA players today do you reckon would cop the same treatment as MJ did back in the nineteen nineties? 
What do you mean? Like, I, I from, yeah, I'm with you. In, in terms of transcending the game and, you know, people just wanting just a split-second peek at them just to say, yep, I saw this player. The obvious easy answer is LeBron yeah. just because he's done it to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, Curry. Names. Yes, Steph, Curry for sure. I think maybe Luca as well, just mm. for the sense that he's an... An international, international yeah. Um, someone like a Giannis, yeah, someone like a Giannis. Although, don't quite know if he's quite got the person, like personality that jumps out enough. It's hard to com- It's hard to answer that question because it's hard to compare anyone to LeBron. If you were to compare him to maybe like Magic or someone like that, you could easily put in Steph Curry. You could put in, um, I don't know, and even KD. I don't think you could probably. Put in like there's not quite that like there's a star factor on the court but not quite off the court yeah not quite the celebrity off the court I guess yeah that's mm. it and the uh, for MJ you know the whole Nike Air Jordans just set him apart on a different level completely mm. um, I guess coming back to the last dance so how did you guys find you know the stories so it was focused on I guess the ninety seven, ninety eight yeah. season jumped back and forth. Did you enjoy the kind of stories? So we had, I guess, a Scotty Pippen episode, a Dennis Rodman. Mm. Then we had like a Phil Steve Jackson Kerr. Episode. Yeah. Had did you enjoy lot, how yeah. it kind of all tied in? I I did. I really appreciated how they did take um, full episodes for these players and Phil Jackson, um, who did deserve it. Yeah. Um, I heard that Scotty Pippen was still mad, but he was fuming yeah. apparently at the way he was portrayed in this. See, this this shocked me because I there was a few moments obviously where he wasn't put in the best light, but I thought overall he was he was portrayed pretty well. Yeah, what was he mad? Was he mad that he um, was portrayed as if he always wanted to get it out or what? Because he did get it out. He wanted the money. Then there was um, not having the was it the ankle surgery. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ankle surgery right, until yeah. the season was starting, so he could have his summer. Um, yeah, just things like that. Which I bet, I bet, what tipped him off was when um, he wouldn't play that. That as well. The, th- the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, though, even if he was betrayed like that, that was the reality of what happened. Yeah. But so... they also showed, you know, the story of how he was picked up. You know, um, how he was looking after his family, how he took. The money that was given to him to help, I guess, look after his family. How so, he was probably one of the most underrated second pieces yeah. in NBA history. I'm not really sure what more. Like you can't you just show wanted. the good moments. Like there was bloody probably half and half good moments of uh, Michael Jordan. You've got to show the bad moments. Well, I guess that's a good segue into my next question. I know MJ before the series was released was really concerned about looking like a dick, wasn't yeah. he? Hmm. How do you think it portrayed him? Because I know uh, Horace Grant during the week has said that it glossed over a lot of kind of the the dick side of Michael in this. There's still a lot of that side though. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, judging from what we've seen, I thought it, and what MJ said leading into mm. it, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Yeah, I yeah, thought I would there were agree. A couple of times, you know, certain teammates got called out and pushed or whatever the case, but I didn't think. Like, I think it was all pretty well known. Yeah. Like, this guy is yeah. as driven as they come. Well, the uh, thing with this, with Michael Jordan, 
um, and the level of determination he had to go out and win every game. He had he's probably the most determined um, mind um, that's ever played the game. He, he you can't be a nice guy and have that level of determination. You've got to get everyone in their place and. He was he was honestly, as he said, just trying to get everyone on the same um, mind level as him, and yeah. The one thing that this series, even though I, I knew it to a certain degree already, but it just showed me how intense Michael Jordan's will to win <clears throat> and will to compete was. Yeah, he wasn't loud, isn't it? Uh, you, you, I don't reckon any, like probably Kobe's been the closest since. Yeah. Um, but you've never seen someone so intent on winning he wasn't necessarily there to make friends he was there to get as Lee said get everyone on the same page everyone with the same end goal in sight um, and if you weren't on that same page you were going to get an absolute grilling or yep. beating in the face like Stevie Steve Kerr, Kerr did <laughs> well Steve Kerr he's, that's probably one of the stories I most enjoyed yeah um, I had no idea that his father was assassinated. Didn't either. Um, no. And that was that was a really emotional, I guess, episode and moment in mm. the series. Just, and it's something like they never spoke about it that kind of connected MJ and Kerr. Mm. Um, and the whole the whole Kerr situation, episode nine, um, where M- MJ and Kerr are in the huddle and they're mm. you know discussing it. MJ's like, you know, be ready. Oh Keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you the ball. Be ready and, and like, he was just, I'll yeah. be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> and that was so funny. Uh, and then he's yeah. nailed the shot, clinched the game. Uh, that just had me in absolute stitches. That was hilarious. And yeah. um, there is a lot of talk about MJ Pippen and Rodman, but he was a he was a focal part of that team, and he did play that role. He set out to be as um as a John Paxson like yeah um, mm. player. player well that's the thing I was listening to something the other day and it was discussing how you know a lot of players need to look I guess to Steve Kerr as an example there's only going to be a couple of LeBron Giannis's yeah. in the league um, there's a lot more role players yeah you're right Rory yeah I'm good. Little, little cough there mate. a little choke, little choke. but there's going to be a lot more role players within the league and Steve Kerr is someone who fulfilled that role perfectly um, initially didn't have, or MJ didn't have the, I guess, faith in him, then, you know, he kind of earned his way into the team, stuck up for himself, showed mm. a bit of ticker, mm. and, I guess, turned up when it mattered. And he was humble about being a role player. He knew yeah. he was. I saw a, I saw a quote, I think. Um, it was some question like, um, how did you come to win um, however many championships he did? And he said... Um, by having a player like Michael Jordan and also Tim Duncan on my team, which is just mm. humble. Well, he All went on to fall, Pete, didn't he, Steve yeah. Kerr? So mm. he's had an incredible career, like as a player and a coach now with the Warriors. He's a... Yeah. He almost needs a third hand for all the rings he's got. <laughs> yeah, he does. He he only knows winning cultures, Steve Kerr. I reckon throughout his playing and coaching career, he's he's had a had a great run. Um, some of my favourite episodes, and I'm sure you guys are probably in the same boat, were the Dennis Rodman episodes. Yeah. These were probably the most, the episodes with the most flavour in it, yeah, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, you just saw how different of a character he was, particularly in that Bulls team, which was pretty, pretty set on the same thing. But then you had Dennis Rodman with the crazy hair, yeah. um, 
going to strange going to Vegas while his team is. How about going to the W or WCW yeah. at the time as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just bizarre. Just stuff that if it happened in today's day and age, you'd be you'd be run out of town with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> it's it was just crazy. I loved it because it just showed that he had a character outside of basketball, and this is what fans and particularly the media always always want they it's they lacking want... at the moment though isn't it it is yeah. he is a big um cultural figure especially today in the uh well today looking back in terms of fashion and um self-expression especially like he did whatever the hell he wanted to no matter whether it was defying the norms and um you see like if he did it today it'd be normal because you see a lot of people do do it today westbrook's got a pretty funky style doesn't he and a few of the players do yeah um with with rodman and i think this kind of ties in with Phil Jackson, how an incredible coach he was. Mm. That I have a big part. Oh, not a big, but I do. Yeah, want to well, talk we'll about. tie it in with this because they kind of gave him just enough leash to keep him, you know, out of trouble, I guess, but enough of a leash that he wasn't tied down and he could still express himself. Yeah. And I think when you're at that level as a coach, like if you're coaching younger kids, and I've done some coaching myself, you know, mm. you're teaching them fundamental skills, etc., etc. Yeah. But when you're at the top level and you're, you know, coaching world class athletes, it's about managing more so yeah. mm-hmm. and like making sure all the personalities and things, you know, gel and don't clash and whatever else. And he was phenomenal at that. Well, like, um, like Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson really um, broke the norm to how to coach a professional team. You know, um, in the in the documentary, it it explained that he'd studied um, Native American philosophy and human psychology and also. Um, mindfulness and he brought all of this into into his coaching with the two main aspects being um, the freedom among the players that he gave and also the the selflessness Um, an example of the freedom was with Dennis Rodman of course he let him go off to Vegas for for how many bloody days 48 hours and it it, blew out to a lot more Everyone knew it wasn't going to be 48 hours didn't they? And they and you heard even Jordan say a couple of the uh, about four times during the documentary, Phil just lets us do what we need to do. Like having a day off when needed. Exactly. Yeah. And then in in the terms of selflessness, he he taught my he taught um Jordan to be selfless in terms of um not striving for individual success, but um trying to benefit the team. And that really look at him at the end of the game. He was trying to win everything for the team. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess here's a, here's a question. Here we go. Which, um, I guess, which series or, I guess, opposition did you find most fascinating? So you've got the bad boy Detroit teams yeah. uh, with Isaiah Thomas, Rodman. Um, so there's that kind of, I guess, time. Yeah. Then yeah. you've got, you had the Magic for a bit on his mm. return with Shaq, um, Hardaway. Yeah. The Suns against Barkley. Um, or you've got we we also had the Pacers and yeah. that was in one of the later episodes uh, mm. with Reggie Miller. That's right. Um, yeah. And then I guess culminating with the Jazz, Carl Malone, Stockton. Yeah. Which for me, I think it was the Pacers mm. because mm. they were so close to, I guess, bottling it yeah. against yeah. them in that Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And the Pacers really could have, you know, knocked them off. They were, I think, it was five six minutes away. And all it took was one three that turned the tide and the Bulls, you know, got over the line. But just mm. kind of the Reggie Miller story, yeah. watching him 
I just found so intriguing because yeah. it's often, you know, Utah and the Pistons that you probably hear most about yeah. in relation mm. to the uh, in relation Don't to the too Bulls. Much on the Pacers, do you? But the Pacers were an incredible team and had. I guess things going a little bit differently, they would have uh, got over the Bulls. Mm. They would have pushed him out the out of the league. They would have ended the era essentially, yeah. like Reggie Miller said he wanted to. Yeah, look, I yeah that 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 series was uh, probably one of the better and most historic series in in the history of the NBA. But um, obviously, also the Utah Jazz um, series um, and rivalry. I guess one of the main reasons being is that. Um, Carl Malone and John Stockton are two players who I think, in NBA terms, are universally thought as being hard done by in terms of they should have won a championship by now. Um, And if it wasn't for the the, um, 90s Bulls, they'd probably have a few under their belt. Um, But the Bulls got in the way of, um, you know, those particularly those two players getting a ring when most people think, they they probably sh- should have got one because they were just that good, that good. particularly as a duo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a, as you said, Nick. There was there was a number of series in that um, in that documentary which which were crazy. That that ninety seven ninety eight one. That was what the whole show was about, wasn't it? With yeah. the the lead up to that, you know, it was such an um, such a I don't know what the word is, but you had. Michael Jordan on the edge of his second retirement. You had Jerry Krause openly wanting Phil Phil Jackson out of there. You had Scotty Pippen um, wanting out because of his salary. You had Dennis Rodman going to the bloody WWE, and obviously um, Steve Kerwiley isn't as big as the others, but he he was he was gone next year. But it really was the last dance. So. It's hard to look past that 97, 98 um, year with the Utah Jazz. But I'm going to go um, the other way. And my favourite was actually the Detroit Pistons yeah. just yeah. because of how much they pushed them around and the level of aggression they played with. It really made you grit your teeth and want to want the Bulls to win, which which um, I can't remember what even year it was, but they did. Well, it was cool the fact that, I guess as opposed to the other ones, the Bulls started behind the Pistons yeah. and had to, you know, they had their issues against them, mm. um, losing two years in a row against them. But then finally, finally getting over the top yeah. um, was, I guess, such a kind of feel-good moment. Um, and even today, they still have bloody immense hatred for each other. Well, Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, Jordan doesn't uh, doesn't show any, I guess, harbour any good feelings towards no. Thomas. no. And, it it um, doesn't stop when they retire. It's a lifelong hatred. Well, is that a old players thing or is that a Jordan thing? Jordan I, thing, definitely. He just yeah. can't let go of grudges, can he? He can't. And that's that competitive nature, you know, regardless of if, if it's today, yesterday, or 20 years ago, it's yeah. still within him. Did it cement the hatred when the Pistons walked off the court yeah. without... Yeah, that was... Acknowledging the other team. That was a pretty shitty move by the yeah. Pistons. That was a real shitty move. Mm. And I, yeah, come on. Yeah, I guess that would certainly stick with you forever, probably, and especially for Jordan. Mm. Um, and it's probably the telling factor, you know, for as much as Jordan say says he wasn't the reason that Isaiah wasn't picked in the Dream Team, 
that was probably the moment that cost yeah. him his spot yeah. in that famed team. I have a good tie in here. Yeah. Um, I was really, um, I don't know, astonished maybe is the word, but really fascinated with how MJ could take the um, slightest action or comment and turn it into his full motivation to win against the opposing team, for example. Um, the coach of, who was it? Was it the Pacers, I think? And he walked past him in a restaurant, didn't say hi, and he... Is that George Carl? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and he right. just used yeah. that to use that as his motivation to beat them. And he, would, and he admitted also that he would sort of make things up in his head yeah. just to give himself that bit of motivation. He was a different breed, that guy. Yeah. I loved the uh, the battle with the Hornets, BJ Armstrong, the <laughs> yeah. former bull, oh, yeah. going to the, the Hornets and just... You know, he he went off for one game. Went one off game. for one game. They clinched a win. And didn't he say something it, at the well, end? It was what celebrating, yeah. yeah. And that, you know, you've got the most competitive guy on the planet who's already going to be fired up. Yep. And you're just kind of, you know, th- pretty much throwing gasoline on it. Mm. Yeah. And Jordan just came out and torched them for the rest of the series. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I love the fact that he can just make things up in his head that aren't real mm. and just use them as just the ultimate ammunition. Yeah. It's funny because it's been, what, it's been 25 years since all of this happened and we're, we've we only just found out that some of the stuff that we thought gave him motivation, such as, who was it, who said good game? I can't actually remember who it was. Someone said Forgive me, I forgot good the game. name as well. There were so many moments where Jordan would... People yeah. for this entire time have thought that happened and Jordan comes out in the documentary and says, nah, I made that up. It's <laughs> unbelievable, funny. isn't it? Um... Can I talk about um, the emotion in the series? Really yeah, quick? yeah. Um, I was a big fan of this. It was some of my favorite episodes. Um, the episode talking about his father's passing and yeah. then the championship one after. You know that championship in 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 nineteen ninety one. Jordan won his first right, and he he held the. He held the trophy in his hand with his dad by his side, and I found we all know that photo, don't we? It's mm, yeah. it's pinned everywhere, and it's quite a symbolic photo because he was by his side all the time, which led to his success at holding the trophy. Mm. Then four years later, or five years later, they won their fourth title on Father's Day of Father's old days. Day, yeah. Um, took the game ball to an empty locker room and just um, poured his heart out crying on the floor. And mm. it was, even now I get shaky talking about it because it's such a hard thing to talk. I don't even know Michael Jordan personally, but it's it's such a hard, hard, I don't know. No, I'm with you. It is. There, there were a lot of emotional moments in this series and it kind of helped just connect with the story better. Yeah. Hmm. Um, for all the fame and stardom and everything that goes with it, they are still real people, which I guess the kind of sadness reconfirmed that. Um, yeah, the passing of his father was tragic. Well, it was tragic, and it's kind of ushered in, I guess, a certain new era for basketball for a couple of years with the fact that it, I guess, was a, a largely contributing factor as to why he went to to baseball for two years. Yeah. Um, I know there was a little bit of a few people were upset that how the that whole period to a certain extent was glossed over the fact that the Rockets didn't get I guess any mention yeah um, with their I guess successes in the time that Jordan was away yeah how do you feel about that because I know for me 
this is a documentary on the Bulls. Yeah, that's mm. the thing. Yeah. Like, it's focused on the last dance. I'm not sure what relevance the Rockets have in this. No, uh, and I think most people knew that. Well, the, everyone who watched the documentary knew the Bulls didn't win the championships in those few years. It doesn't really matter who won those championships because, as you said, Nick, the documentary was about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Um, so I don't think that's that's really re- relevant to be honest what there's a part that kind of annoyed me and I know it's it was media at the time just mm. drumming up headlines and things like that with the passing of his father bringing in his um, gambling. gambling into it yeah. mm. which there was quite a good point made so like for Jordan that was I guess an escape wasn't it um, you know the only time he could really be alone get away from it all was at the casino yeah and or at the golf course. Or at the golf course. <laughs> where that's he it. gambled his games. Where so. he gambled. The bloke could bloody bet on monkeys racing. So, <laughs> um, but the thing is, though, if a random person loses ten grand, you know it's big money. But for him, it's back pocket like, change. And they were making such a big issue out of it. Yeah, yeah. But the fact is, like as as MJ said, you know, I wasn't out in the street trying to sell my rings. I wasn't. No. You know, it wasn't causing any other issues. Mm. So. I really think that aspect of it was blown completely out of proportion. Yeah. That's just, I guess, another thing that illustrates how competitive he is. That yep. Do you think it was blown out of proportion by the media or the doc? Yes, you're talking about the media, not the yeah, documentary. Yeah, the media. Because yeah. the documentary was just um, documenting on it. Yeah. yeah, feeding off what the media had already said. And I guess the documentary squashed any rumours that his... Uh, I guess his move to baseball was due to a suspension of some kind, which yeah. some people thought all this time that it might be, but I think that pretty much squashed that idea, didn't it? Well, even David Stern said it was just ridiculous. Just ridiculous yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was an outlandish kind of thing as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here, here's a question. So I like questions. You like the questions. <laughs> Does this... So... For most people in our kind of age, I guess 25, 30 and under, um, you look at, a lot of people look at LeBron as the best because he's kind of all we've come to know and see. Yeah. But now looking back at how impactful Jordan was, does it kind of give any weight to the debate who's the greatest? Like, do you err on... It's always so hard for me to talk about, and I'm sure all of us about that goat debate. Because, um, like I've said in the past, none of us was there were there at the time um, that of Jordan's era. And it's um, so hard given the fact that LeBron's story's not over. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we've ever seen, or probably will ever see again, someone who had as much of a determination to win and follow through with that determination and won. Um, as much as Michael Jordan. Um, well, did you see? I saw something just earlier before we came on the air about Magic Johnson um, saying that LeBron will probably at this stage go down as the best basketball player ever. Mm. Um, but Michael Jordan is still, in his eyes, considered the greatest the th- of all time. The thing with Michael Jordan, like someone said at the end of, I think it was the last episode, he had this um, godlike persona, didn't he? Which is yeah. hard to look past. Like mm. The thing what? with... Sorry, I just thought yeah. I'd mention quickly. The thing with Magic Johnson saying that, I think it's it, it goes without saying that he's go- going to say something like that, that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player and probably always will be because 
he saw it firsthand. He was he, he was overtaken by Michael Jordan yeah. as a basketball player. He knows just how good he is, whereas he hasn't been on the court and been beaten by someone like LeBron. LeBron um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think he was always going to say that magic. One thing that I guess annoys me, and this isn't me saying which way I favour yeah. in this debate, but the fact that it's often, you know, MJ was 6-0 and in finals, 6-0, 6-0, <laughs> and and LeBron. Wow, he's been done by the... By the Mavs, the the Warriors. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, you forget LeBron's never lost a first series. Yeah, yeah. Michael has, mm. and you know, in finals he's six and zero. But they also lost to the Magic. Yeah. As when he came back, uh, they lost to the Pistons. They lost to the Celtics. Um, I think that kind of gets wiped out of history, and it's. You know, I know the finals are it's the big dance there, yeah. but this is still at least, get, at least he got there. <laughs> exactly. But this is still a key part of it. Like the fact LeBron's never lost a first series yeah. should also be bear some weight. Like, what it what it did for me, because I didn't have too much of an insight into his early round losses was it made him a bit more human. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess the thing that's publicised, as you said, um, is his six six finals wins. Um which is a you know don't get me wrong it's it's an incredible crazy fate. incredible fate but it sort of proved that he could he could get knocked out um but yeah it was it was interesting because we never really you never really hear about yeah, his that, early early round losses do yeah do you know what it. else annoyed me about, annoys me about the debate yeah when um well there's so many people saying if Jordan was in this era he'd be averaging this amount yeah. of points if LeBron was in like you just don't know yeah you don't know for certain like like that that just tr- that just like I don't know don't and, like it and it helped well this series helped me and I think a lot of people often. You know, you see LeBron more as a complete player yeah, in the yeah. sense of, you know, scoring, rebounding, assisting, playmaking, um, on-court general, the whole lot. And it's often MJ was just a scorer. Like, it's forgotten how incredible his defensive prowess was. Yeah. Um, so it was a good kind of look at... We didn't see that many of Jordan's assists no. in, the, in the series that was predominantly scoring, but... It kind of showed him as a more, I guess, complete player. Yeah, it did. Yeah, what do we think about? Um, and I guess it goes back to the LeBron comparisons and the fact that we don't want to do it. But the idea that perhaps Jordan allowed this documentary to go ahead because he was worried that people might be starting mm. to think that LeBron was overtaking him on a on that um, kind of de- battle. I yeah, guess. that yeah. goat debate. I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's probably accurate. Mm. Uh, I think even, well, to the day he passes, he's just, he's going to be as competitive as ever. And he wants to be known as the greatest, as does LeBron. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just, was key for him. You know, he's, he's a pretty secluded guy. You see him at the Hornets games every now and again, but they're just clouded in mediocrity. Yeah. yeah. So... This was kind of a good chance for him to just reaffirm his position at top of the mountain. Mm, yeah. I agree. Probably would have been, no, I don't know, better for him to do it once LeBron finished playing. Because now, you know, we've seen this from MJ, but in six months, 12 months' time, when LeBron's potentially got another ring or so, yeah. 
you know, the last dance may have been forgotten about to a certain extent, mm. while LeBron's still pushing on, yeah. climbing up the all-time scoring rankings. So that's yeah, where yeah, I sit so on that. Like I said, it's so hard to talk about the GOAT debate because there's so many different aspects. It's not only the skill on court, but how they perceived off-court and in the media. It's, it's just hard to talk about. Well, without going too much into it, who do you think has faced the tougher competition? MJ or LeBron? And you weigh up MJ, the Celtics early on with Larry Bird, the Detroit Pistons. Magic. Magic. You've got Orlando is, with this, Shaq. This is the thing, isn't it? Because people who are saying, and to a certain degree it's true, people are saying, well, Michael Jordan was up against accountants and car salesmen and stuff like that. But then at the same time, he was up against a huge list of Hall of Famers um, oh, you could go on and on in that list that I just started then, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, With you could. Malone, Stockton, Bird, Thomas, you've got Reggie Miller, you've got Hakeem, Shaq, Ewing. Patrick Ewing, yeah. all the rest. But then, Yeah, sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say on the other side for LeBron, he's got Curry, KD, Harden, Giannis, Dirk, mm. Kobe, Kawhi. Kawhi, the list goes on as well. So It's so, it's so I, hard. Like, I really don't think there can be much weight. You know, you can't really tip the scales in either one's favour for this mm. because they've yeah. both played in incredible times against incredible players. So. Yeah, I would have to agree. One thing I did want to see more of, though, and I, I guess it's hard because we had 10 parts and it felt like there could have been another 10. Yeah. But yeah. I would have loved to have seen, by the little snippet we got in episode 10, a little bit more on his family. Mm. Um, and specifically his kids, we got that kind <laughs> of scene where he's... Uh, Two of his sons were mentioning how they weren't allowed to go to Utah to watch the games because the fans were just too wild. Mm. They were but, ruthless. Yeah, ruthless for sure. But I would have loved to have seen a little bit more yeah. of their story and how they went, you know, with a father who's, you know, Michael Jordan. It's yeah. strange how they left it. Was it the last episode that they, you know, it showed yeah. them, you know, the interviews? Yeah, yeah, the interviews. Yeah, it kind of shocked me to a bit because I thought, well. If they haven't shown anything for the first nine episodes, then they're probably not going to get a mention. And then they popped up popped on the up. screen. I was like, surely they would have had a bit more of an input. But it didn't even yeah. mention like his marriage or wife or anything. No, I think the first we saw of his um, boy was when they went to Paris. Yeah, and that. Was... Um, but like you said, there was just nothing, nothing on it. But I am glad that they did have you know maybe twenty to thirty minutes on um, the impact of his upbringing and yeah. his father and mother and his brother I think it was yeah yeah so I did I did like that I think that's probably something that the average NBA fan probably wouldn't know is the upbringing for all of these different players like it showed Scotty Pippen's kind of struggles yeah struggles yeah. and um, Dennis Rodman and even MJ to a certain extent MJ, you know being yeah. seen as the lesser brother you could say yeah. his yeah. dad um I guess taking more of a shine to his brother, mm. the fact that he was more hands-on with certain things, and yeah, yeah, it was really good getting to see all that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one more question before we end up here mm. on the last dance. So at the end, we got to look at, um, you know, how it all ended, why it ended, and MJ, I guess, expressing the fact that he wanted to go for a seventh. Mm. Do you think, for one, they could have gone for a seventh and one? And I guess the second part of this, the fact that, you know, he ended on top, does that add to the legend? Would you rather, I guess, 
die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Quite yeah. the Dark Knight. <laughs> um, definitely think they could have. If they all stuck together, if they had the same personnel, more or less, I definitely think they would have made a push for that. But that's the thing. Would they have... Because Scotty Pippen, like they were talking about, MJ was saying, getting them all back on one-year contracts. Yeah. yeah. Would, would Pippen have come back for one more oh, crack at it. Um, yeah, I think, like MJ said, yeah. he would have needed, needed a, a bit of pushing, but he wasn't going to miss out on that if Rodman and MJ and Kerr were staying, Phil Jackson was staying. Yeah. I think there's a fairly good chance, um, fairly good chance he would have returned and they would have gone for that seventh. Are they getting over the Spurs, though? Like, you could see at the end of that series against the Jazz, how yeah. kind of washed and just, I guess... Drained they were. Uh, mm. Well, Michael Jordan was drained for a lot of di- at a lot of different points throughout his career, but he had that mental ability to keep pushing and pushing. Yeah. So I definitely think Michael Jordan could have kept going. Um, but yeah, y'all, the whole team has to be on the same page, and um, yeah, it's interesting. It's something to think about, and I reckon a lot of people have have had that thought. Do, do they reckon that you know they could have gone for one more? But I guess we'll never know. Does it help with his legend and legacy, Jordan, that he went out on top? Um, well, well, he, he came didn't, back. He didn't. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he, like, like, does anyone remember the? I don't remember the Wizards' time really. Um, I don't, but the it's the fact that he did come back. He should have just probably, probably stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm happy with like the way that things ended. I guess like. As you said, Nick, people will remember him for his um, career in Chicago and the six championships he brought there. So I think the way that he did go out was fitting. Was, a winner. was fitting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, fellas, I honestly, like we've kind of had to condense it all into an episode. We we could have done a full ten episode breakdowns and made this probably equivalent length of time of that of the last dance. Yeah. But yeah, um, I guess final thoughts. Loved it, hated it. I think I know which way this is going. It was probably... I haven't watched a lot of sport documentaries, but it was my favourite and it probably will be for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have to agree. It was... You know, each episode had me hooked and when you had to wait that week for the next few episodes to yeah. come out, it felt like the longest week ever. It was... Yeah, it was amazing. It was tough, wasn't it? And I guess the fact that sums up how good a series it was in that final episode... I know the story, and as we all do, the story of them beating the Jazz. But in that kind of final episode, I was still sitting on the yeah. edge of my seat, like, oh, they're going to get the shot, they're going to make it, yeah, they're going to win. And yep. that's really a credit to the way the series was made. Mm. So, yeah, I yep. loved yeah. it as well. Yeah. Good. Well, Lee, do you want to bring us in? What have we got up next, mate? Entertainment Weekly. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. What have we got today? Who I believe I'm the on show. the song. Yep, and so, I've got the movie. Terrific. Do you want to start us, Lee? Yep, I've got a Netflix original, I'm pretty sure. It's on Netflix either way, but it's called The End of the Effing World. Oh, I yeah. know Nick's watched it. I don't I've know about it. Rose watched it as well. Um, so it's a it's a British British show, um, bit of dark comedy, bit of drama in there. Um, follows a 17-year-old named uh, James who, at the at the start of the show, believes he's a psychopath. He picks um, the particular, particularly mouthy British girl named Alyssa, who he's 
who is set to kill. Um, but then she end up she ends up um proposing that they leave their family and hit the road to start a more adventurous, adventurous life, which they do, and uh, you know, relations relationship starts developing and goes from there. It's a good one. Such a funny show. It's such a bizarre it's show. It's an odd show, isn't because it? Because the characters are so weird. Like Alyssa and James, I've never seen a show. I want to hear you um in person. I was about Alyssa. to say, who wants to give it a crack? Oh, I'd have to watch a clip. I haven't, I haven't watched it. What is something while, she but... says? And I'll give it a crack. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go. I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> yeah, that's quite good. That's actually not too bad. Who's, who's following that up? I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Okay. What's the What's the guy's name again? James. James. I broke my phone, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have given what? it a crack. I, I realised... Why did you break a phone in I the reali- I don't know. I realised two words in that it wasn't going the way I envisaged it. Next turn, end us up. <laughs> I think I'm in love with you. No. It's not like Harry Potter. <laughs> but it's, it's a crazy show. There's two seasons, isn't there? Two seasons. Two seasons and... And it's not... Um, I don't think they're coming back from a third, if I'm not mistaken, which is a bit weird because it's not left on a cliffhanger, but you're left to interpret, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. And that was the same with the first season as well. I remember that ended on, on a bit of a open-ended thing where you were sort of like, oh, not mean? certainly for a second season, but if they did, I'm sure they could come up with something. But If you're into seeing some weird humans have a crack at acting and just, you know... <laughs> it is good. Though. It is good. It is good. I, I kind it. of... And they only go for like 25 minutes, which is, is just easy to watch. Yeah. I certainly preferred the first season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So what's it called, Lee, again? The End of the Effing World. Brilliant. Should I, Johnny, go with the yeah, song? Yeah, go with the song in the middle. Oh, God, yeah, God. I'm okay, so for this. you're always nervous. Well, I've got one today. Uh, one of my favourite artists, Craig David. Yeah, how's you guys that? Familiar with his work, <laughs> Craig, Craig David. Craig David. I'm familiar with Craig. I'm, yes, I'm you know, not, I might be if I hear him, but on Tuesday we'll be making love to nah. win. No, all right. Anyway, <laughs> so I, he released an album 2017, I believe it was, called "The Time Is Now." And one of the uh, the key tracks on this was called Heartline. Uh, is it well known? Uh, it's not a well known song. So it's I not one of his. No, biggest. by him it is. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so I do... might know it, maybe. No, you won't. Okay. I highly doubt it. But I'll, probably it, it, but... I'll bring it in on the. <laughs> Listen, chorus. I'm going in with an open mind. Yeah, I just good. It's not John Barnum, so. No, it's not Johnny F. All right, here we go. Here comes the chorus. Are we there yet? A bit of a vibe, a bit of a... Yeah. As we fade down. Oh, as, as we fade down. <laughs> as we fade down. Thoughts? Definitely something um, you generically hear on the radio. Yeah. Um, in the car. Um, it's real kind of... I don't. I don't hate it. I wouldn't. Per- I'm not gonna go and add it to my playlist. But it's it's better than what you've put forth before. I think Lee's got a very low bar with your <laughs> music as it is. So anything that's remotely all right, it it's you a pass get the mark. Tick, yeah, yeah. Row for you. That little little groove to it, or um, not not for you. Uh, uh, that's like, not for you. You don't uh, need to be around the bush, mate. No, it's, it's not something as I as Lee said, not something I'd add to my playlist. But you know, it's not one of the worst songs I've ever heard either. So, no. oh, you would have heard "Fill Me In" by him. 
Or do I? Can you feel me? Maybe not. No, not by that rendition. Not by that rendition, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Craig David, Heartline. Nice. Okay, I've got the movie recommendation. This week it's a movie called Spencer Confidential. Any of you guys heard it? No. Spen- Spencer? Spencer Confidential. It's on Netflix. What do you think he said? Yeah, no, you looked it. at him like he said, I don't know. You're making sure we're all on the same page. No, it's a, it's a movie starring Mark Wahlberg, who I'm a, I'm yeah. a big fan of. Um, he's an ex-convict and police detective um, who returns to his home city of Boston after two Boston police officers now I know. had yeah. been found murdered. Um Spencer teams up with, uh, he, I think he's an aspiring fighter. He's a guy, you look at him and you go, I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. <laughs> um, to take down a drug gang who I guess is suspected of um, committing these murders or having something to do with it. Um, so if you like Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg films where he sort of kicks everyone's ass along the way <laughs> yeah. and just causes absolute havoc. You'll love it. It's pretty high intensity, edgier seat type thing. Um, Can it be found on Netflix? Yeah. Yep, on so Netflix. Now that I'm thinking of it, this is the one that features Posty. Yep, this Post features Malone. Post Malone. Not a huge... Just a little bit. He's a cameo right? oh, so it's real new. It's yeah. fairly new. I haven't watched yeah. it. I've seen the trailer. But... Um, and as always with with um, films starring big stars such as Mark Wahlberg. They're, they're always pretty highly criticised. I mm. had a quick check um, before we went on air to see what it had actually been rated. Rotten Tomatoes, I don't uh, rate them. They're no. so, they're so no. Yeah, they're so off with their ratings. Like, it's given a pretty ordinary rating, but I actually really, really liked it. So don't pay attention to any of the, um, the online ratings. Just give it a watch and you might enjoy it yeah. like I did. Beautiful. Mm. Rotten tomatoes. They're they're they are rotten, aren't they? <laughs> Indeed, like they never give anything a good rating. No, I swear. I've because when you think of it, then I don't think they're professionals. They're just people who have um, gained some reputation on the website that is that are ranking these movies. I'm pretty sure at least. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because like likewise, I've not. I don't think seen a good rating on a movie, so... No. Um, we'll recap that, though. So, Lee, your TV show was... The End of the Effing World on Netflix. Beautiful. My song was Craig David on the album The Time Is Now with the song Heartline. And my movie was Spencer Confidential. Terrific. Lee, do you want to... Uh... Well, that's that's wrapped it up. Um, we're about a minute and one through. No, we're not. We're an hour. And an hour and <laughs> oh, no. I'm looking at the minute. Oh, he's yeah, ended on an absolute we're, nightmare, that one. <laughs> we're an hour Bring and it one through. Um, Pick it back up. So, any last words? Um, just as always, guys, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check out the socials, as Lee plugged earlier, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at The Daily Dribble. Continue to drop in those five-star rating reviews. <laughs> a minute. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have um, we've got a couple of ideas for next week, so we'll have another <laughs> big episode coming at you then. Um, yeah, and make sure if you haven't already tuned into the Last Dance, and we'll put something up during the week. Let us know what you thought of it, yeah. um, your favourite moments, worst moments, so on and so forth.
Mm, we look forward to hearing that. This is. Oh, like... also, just quickly, just <laughs> go quickly. on. We got one more little thing, just quickly. <laughs> I'm still in the so, signing out. Sorry, you're signing out, but how good we put up during the week? Check out our Facebook, the Daily Good. Um, how good were some of the kits that were put out in association with the uh, superhero characters? Yeah, it was a comic book um, like mashup kind of. Yeah, across the end. Lakers one was a bit. Off, I didn't like that. It <laughs> looked funky, didn't but it? But they were wild, weren't they? I love the Phoenix Suns one with the Human Torch. Yeah. Boston one was good. Oh, yeah. The majority of those are probably just rock around. And the Brooklyn one was awesome yeah. as well with Ben. Yeah, it was. It was um, really well done. So mm. yeah, just, you cut me off by saying that. I was I was hoping you were <laughs> announcing a huge. Um, yeah. It is worth a look though. They're, they are pretty on our pretty Facebook. Good. That's it. Check it out. All right, guys, we'll end it there then. Lee, you this do is this bug? is Liam signing oh, out man. for the bloody second time. Not better the second time. This is Rose. See you guys. Guys, take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you, bye. Shout out to Daily Chip, that was true. You gon' have to go ahead and see what they know. That was all the time, it ain't no romance if he knows. We gon' make it drop, 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 time.